Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. My name is Eric, and I really think you're going to like this episode, especially if you're interested in conservative option strategies. Now, in this episode, I had Brian Terry come back on to discuss his dividend capture strategy that he trades just about every week. And he's going to talk us through the goal of the strategy, his entire process for creating income in a more conservative way. Now, if you get a chance, go back and listen to episode 14 of the podcast where Brian was on the show and he walked us through his in-the-money covered call strategy. That episode is titled Conservative Option Strategy with Brian Terry CFP. Now, Brian is retired and he trades options for additional income and the dividend capture strategy that we're going to go over today is one of his go-to trades. But here's the cool part. Brian's going to start sharing some of his trades live over on the podcast website at stockmarketoptionstrading.net. So if you have any questions about this strategy or questions for him, you can ask them over on the website. Again, everything is free. It's kind of like a giant Facebook group without the ads, trolls, and all that stuff. So it's pretty cool. And he's going to be sharing his trades there. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let's get into my conversation with Brian Terry about the dividend capture strategy. All right, Brian Terry, welcome back to the show. How's it going today? It's going great. How you doing, Eric? Good, good. I know, you know, you and I, we've been friends for a while and we we see each other from time to time, but I was going back to, uh, you know, pre uh, preparing for the podcast, going back to see when you were on last time. And do you remember how long it's been? Do you, do you remember? Yeah, I'm guessing a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were on... I'm looking for it now. Uh, oh, I lost it. Uh, episode. Here we go. Episode 14. So this is, I think we're on episode, I don't know, 80 something. This is episode 84. So your episode, we did conservative option strategy on September 28, 2020. So it's Dang. been almost three years since I've had you on the show. And I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself for not. You know, we talk, you know, every month or two weeks or whatever it seems like. And yeah. um, I should have had you back on sooner. So sorry about that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> we, we were just making lunch plans. So. I know we were like figure out once. And I know <laughs> we've been to a couple, you know, a couple meetups we try to do and some um, dinners and happy hours with some of the other local options traders, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So for, for the listeners, if you want to go back to episode 14, to get uh, uh, Brian's other strategy that he talked about. And we're kind of sort of putting this under the, the umbrella of conservative option strategies. And in that episode, you talked about selling in the money cover calls on, I believe, stocks or ETFs. Mm -hmm. And you actually shared a couple of those type of trades on the website the other day, which were pretty interesting. And we can kind of get back to that. But Today, we're going to talk about your dividend capture strategy, and I wanted to, you know, maybe start from the beginning of, you know, uh, not how dividends work. I think most of us know that, but just kind of what you look for, sort of the goal of that, and maybe, you know, what the difference is between, um, you know, you think dividend capture is like, well, if you just buy the stock or ETF, you're going to capture the dividend by holding. So what's the difference? Um in what your strategy is to capture that dividend in sort of a conservative way, I guess. Sure. So, so have the floor here. Yeah. So um, you're, you're absolutely right, Eric. You could just buy the stock 
the day before, you know, it goes X dividend and get the dividend. What I have kind of found that's worked pretty well for me is if you, in addition to buying the stock right before the X dividend date, you sell an in the money covered call, which is it's slightly in the money, but it's it's enough to so that you qualify for the dividend. So in addition to that in the money call uh, premium, you're also getting the dividend. And then uh, so it gives you, you know, a really nice rate of return, a safe rate of return with, you know, up to, you know, 5% of downside protection. So in a short in in a relatively short period of time. So that's kind of what I like about it. If I can get, you know, a, a, an annualized return of 25% or more with downside protection of 5%, then that's the kind of trade I like to set up. So um gotcha. so, so that's kind of the basic of the basis of the whole trade. Right. And and so when you're selling that call um how far out are you going? Are you going maybe one or two strikes in the money? And how far out are you selling that covered call? Yeah, like like right now, I would probably be selling either the, probably the July, the monthly options right now. Just I, I want to have enough, collect enough credit for it. But, you know, you know, about the two weeks to four weeks out is kind of what I've been selling. Gotcha. And I'll buy it. A few days before it goes ex dividend, so I don't wait. I don't buy it too too early. I want to buy it a day or two before it goes ex dividend. Okay, so you so you're starting with, and then just to be clear, you do not have you you do not have a position, um, and you are then buying the stock and selling the call at the same time to capture that dividend. So these are these like long term holdings, or these are you're in and out for that period, and then you're. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in and out of the trade so that my thought is, you know, if you can collect, you know, uh, you know, a half a percent to a percent in a dividend in one month holding, in addition to the credit, that's a pretty nice rate of return. Then I can turn around when it expires and redeploy that capital and find another dividend. So that's kind of the, the whole you know, so theoretically, right. you could collect a dividend monthly if you play, if you do it right, um, in addition to the credit. You know, when I started thinking about was earnings, <laughs> I know how trading around earnings can be tricky. Um, so is there any sort of correlation between earnings and dividends? Um, not not really. I mean, okay. I think... Um, I know the, sometimes you'd want to avoid, you know, like a lot of people want to avoid um, earnings, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So when uh, I go through my screening process, I eliminate any trades that would have an earnings before the, the okay, ex yeah. expiration. So it's clearly, you know, it's not an earnings, you know, it, it avoids earnings. So it, you know, it's a nice trade. A lot of people, what I've found is that if I can go through the list of upcoming dividends, go through my screening process, I can probably come up with four or five really good dividend trades every month. And I can play the, you know, do those trades. And, um, and if, if I, if they're in good, you know, bullish trend patterns, they're not going to really pull back on the dividend. That, that's something a lot of people think is like, there's an automatic pullback, uh, when there's a dividend and that's yeah. not really true. Um, it's not 
automatic. What'll generally happen is it'll it'll pull back, but then the market will tell you, you know, it will dictate the price. So if it's in a right. if it's a nice stock and a bullish trend, it's going to recover. Plus, we have that in the money call anyway. Yeah. So you you mentioned the you know when you sell in an in the money call that adds some. Uh, you know, selling a call in general gives you a little bit of downside protection, but when mm-hmm. you're in the money, you're actually getting a little bit more. How do you choose the stripe? You know, is there a delta that you usually go with, like delta 60 or 50 or something like that? Or are you looking at maybe some price levels or how, how do you, what's your strike selection? Yeah. So the, yeah, basically what I, I'm doing Eric, is I'm looking at how far I can go in the money and still collect the dividend right so if you check the put you know bid ask if that is higher than the dividend then i have a high probability of collecting the dividend so i kind of go as far in the money as possible and then see does that get me my 24 percent annualized return um so then i adjust it from there i know i know how how far i can go where i won't get the dividend so that's kind of my line in the sand so yeah, then tell i tell me about that how Help me understand, because it's been a while since I've thought about this, um, yeah. because, yeah, if you if you're too far in the money, you won't get the dividend. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, why that is? And, and- sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, I read uh, or saw an episode on Tasty Trade and they have like a, a document that they share that says, am I at risk of getting them um, of losing the dividend or getting the dividend? And what they basically have said was. If you look at the strike of on the put side mm-hmm. and you see where it, the bid and ask. So if, you know, I just as an example, I've got ITW brought up um, and it pays a dividend of $1.31, $131 every quarter. Okay. So on this one, if I look at the July uh, 240 level, the put side is like 270, 285. So I could go that far in the money and have a really good chance of getting the dividend. However, if I go to 230, the put spread's only like 90 to a dollar. So I won't get the dividend if I sell the 230, but I will if I sell the 240. Gotcha. And what would be the situation that, um, like, like if this was a long-term holding situation, mm-hmm. I'm a, am I, if I'm understanding this correctly, if I were, let's say, selling out of the money calls for additional income on my holdings, mm-hmm. is the scenario where the, the stock just goes through the roof and that call goes so far in the money that, that that's the point you would be at risk of losing the dividend? Is that sort of? Well, you'd, you'd be at risk of losing the stock. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, you would definitely be at risk of losing the stock, but. Yeah. Um, but if. But, if, but it if, sounds like if it, if it goes too far in the money, you, you could lose the dividend too, if the expiration hadn't come yet. Right. And that's the reason I like to sell the call, you know, buy the stock and sell the call just a couple of days before the ex-dividend date. Okay. Because if I buy it and a month later it drops like crazy or goes up like crazy, what's going to happen is I that one won't get me the dividend. Gotcha. And do you tend to hold that position until the option expires or... Or do you have an exit process? I know, and typically, in my mind, option sellers like you. Know, okay, if we can, you know, book a certain percent of the fall or whatever, or do you just let it go and then get called away? With, yeah, with- I generally 
generally let them get called away. I mean, if if I can get, you know, 80 to 90 percent of the, all, the total credit early, mm-hmm. I will. I'll just take it because then I can put another trade on with that capital. But for the most part, um, I'll just let it go. I just uh, kind of move on to the next uh, trade. As lo- and as long as it stays above that short call, I know it's going to get taken out. So right. um, I don't usually have to worry about it at that point. Right. And if the, obviously, if the stock goes up, then you're going to be deep in the money and we get called away. You ever get called away early? Like, um, not, not too often. Every once in a while, it'll like really move up. And you'll get, but that's okay because I've made my, all my credit anyway, you know, in a shorter right. period of time. So uh, one interesting thing I found, um, Eric, is if I sell that call and it moved up, say in the two days, I will still, even if I don't get the dividend, I'm called early. I can make like a half a percent to, you know, three quarters of a percent in a two day trade mm-hmm. if they take it out early. So that's the reason I kind of go out about a month because then I win either way. You know what I mean? I, right. if, if, if they, if somebody wants the dividend more than me, I'll get exercised and I'll, I always call that my consolation prize. <laughs> you know, you right. get like a, you know, a, you know, 0.7% return in three days. That's okay. You can, you know, you've made a nice return and you're out. Great annualized rate of return. And um, then you can put that uh, money to work on your next trade. Yeah. You mentioned you had a screening process. What are some of the factors you look for for good candidates? Yeah. Yeah, So you have a a watch list. Right. I create a watch list. And so the first thing that I do for dividends is I go through an ex dividend calendar. And I kind of go through and see what what stocks are coming up in the next few weeks. So I'll make a list and I'll say, okay, these are good uh, stocks that I, you know, I've known and traded before, and they pay a pretty good dividend. Generally, I'm looking for like one and a half percent or higher on an annualized dividend payout, mm-hmm. and then I run them through a couple of different websites to screen them out. So. Um, and if they pass both of those uh, screens, then I put them on my watch list. And then I run the numbers to see, do can I get that 24% annualized return go, by going deep enough in the money? You know, one of the things that I found is that there are a lot of stocks out there that pay incredible dividends, but they're just terrible stocks. You know, so you don't right. want to be uh, chasing the 10% dividend stock. Um, A a lot of times when you look at the actual numbers, they're not even making 10% to pay that dividend. They're just eating it up with their operating cash. So Mm -hmm. I uh, try to avoid those kind of uh, companies, stick to the, you know, the really blue, you know, blue chip high dividends. I look at, you know, lists like the dividend aristocrats or the dividend Mm -hmm. kings and, you know, lists like that have tons of great stocks that pay good dividends. You don't need to chase you know, the wild, uh, stocks out there. Yeah. I, I, I know we talked to one, um, last, one of the last times we met up, uh, one of the guys in our group brought up some of these like covered call ETFs. And I think you can actually sell covered calls on the covered call ETF. And I like, my mind started to melt a little bit like, okay, what, well, you know, what are we trying to do here? Um, and those, you know, uh, what's the ticker? Um, I don't have to bring it. X Y L D. I think mm-hmm. one for the S and P or X L Y X. 
XYLD, I think is what it is. Okay. And it's a, it does, has a 12% dividend. It's monthly. Yep. So, but I also think you can sell covered calls. And so it was, you, you know, can kind of look yeah. at that, but, but that's not really the strategy that, that more of a, you know, more income producing on its own. So you're able to boost, um, it sounds like you're able to boost your dividend type returns with stocks. So the dividends less one, two, 3%. Right. But you're able to boost that. And, and yeah, so if you're earning 1% a month or, or so, or every few weeks on some of these, mm-hmm. probably a pretty steady return over time, I would imagine. It is. And, you know, and if you've done a pretty solid job of screening them out, you're not going to, you know, you'll get some that that move against you. But if you don't just chase dividends, you won't be caught in that, you know, trap where, oh, I bought the stock and I sold the call and then it tanked after dividends. That's what you don't want. And um, Mm. so, you know, I just try to... How the stock reacts after the dividend. So yeah. So it does drop. You, that's probably not a good candidate. Right. Right. So, you know what? And, and I like to trade the same batch of, you know, dividend trades, you know, all the time. So as you know, cause the same ones will come up every three months. Right. So you'll see them over and over again. And, uh, and there's a lot of great, you know, free websites that will give you dividend calendars. Um, NASDAQ has one, uh, bar chart has, you know, there's lots of them out there and some of them will tell you there's, uh, a couple of dividend, like dividend.com will tell you how many quarters in a row that they've raised their dividends, Mm -hmm. things like that. So that's kind of like the dividend aristocrats and things like that. Right. How did those stocks, like what were you seeing during the bear market, which doesn't mean we're out of the bear market quite yet. Technically, I think we were out of the, we hit a bull market recently with this last run up with the S&P, but I guess really maybe last year, 2022, when we were really kind of in a bear market, is, is this something that you sort of traded less because there was more downside risk? Or I know, I know a lot of the stocks that tend to make the news are, you know, the big tech stocks and they got really hammered. I know the NASDAQ took a beating, but right. Or how did this type of strategy sort of factor in like a bear market. Yeah. So I, I think in 2022, this strategy made about 7% return on risk for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it didn't do as great as as other years. But what one thing I did find, Eric, is that because volatility was higher, I could I could go even further in the money. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm collecting, you know, a good credit with even further downside protection. You know, in some of those cases, I was getting seven, eight, nine percent of downside protection. Wow. So, you know, so those were pretty nice trades because so even if it stays exactly flat, you made a nice profit. Right. So on the on the website, you posted a few ETFs that you're looking at for in the money covered calls. Are do you, are the is the dividend capture mostly with stocks or you find some ETFs that you do that on as well? Yeah, you could do it on both. Um one thing I found on the ETFs are they generally drop mm-hmm. exactly to what the dividend is. Okay. So, you know, you d- and it could move, you know, after that, but in the stocks, there's less kind of automatic uh, step down based on the dividend. So, okay. 
And so I like to do them. They usually don't pay as good as individual, you know, stocks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can you can always, you know, sell, especially if you like the sector. One of the things that I like to do is look at what, you know, what are the strongest sectors? So if, for example, XLK technology has an upcoming dividend and it's a strong sector, then that's the one I would want to play. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's any technical criteria. Um, I know you posted, I'm going to kind of read it here. Let me find it. You posted, um, now this may not have been a dividend capture as much of a just a cover call, but you posted a chart and it was on the XLY. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you were, you know, you said you were buying this many shares and you were selling the June 30th, 164 call that how much you collected. And you said that this is a 0.7% 10 days with, um, about 1% downside protection. But when I look at the chart and this is just me, some kind of chart and fine. Um, it's basically in an uptrend, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like, as, as most of the market has been in the last, um, you know, couple months or whatever. So is that sort of a factor for, um, are there any technical um, considerations, you know, like technical analysis considerations that you, you factor in? Or yeah. That- I mean, one of the things that, I, um, more of a fundamental, I, I don't want to sell stocks that are over like a 1.5 beta. And I want them not to have earnings coming up and they can't be, you know, overbought. So if it's the RSI is sitting at 80, I don't want to be going long there. But for that, that particular trade, Eric, what I do is I look at uh, what are the, you know, the strongest sectors in the one month, three month level. And then I'm pretty much selling almost an at the money call in those on those ETFs. Mm-hmm. on a two-week period so that the the idea is every two weeks, I'm going to be having one of those, uh, you know, in-the-money cover calls expire. So XLY was one of the stronger sectors. So that's the trade I put on that will expire on the 30th. So right now I'm adding, I'm I'm selling the 630 date for that particular strategy mm-hmm. just for income. So it's a nice okay. income stream with on the, you know, doing slightly in the money trades on the hottest sectors based on the, you know, the measurement of one and one to three months, which are the stronger sectors. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about your approach here is that it's kind of the same strategy, if you will. Mm-hmm. When you talk in terms of option strategy, you're basically selling covered calls, like that's right. kind of the thing. But then you have a couple different um, approaches. So you have your dividend capture, which is a little bit more geared towards stocks at certain times and avoiding earnings. But then you also have some, um, the ETF side where you're, you're just selling in the money covered call uh, in strong sectors to just collect that, you know, half or 1% over the course of a week or two. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that, you know, between those two, you're, like you said, you're probably getting, I mean, I guess as many trades as you want, but Pretty good setups, five to 10, I would imagine. Like, yeah, you could really, is that how I was going to kind of get to how many positions are you kind of managing between these two sort of strategies? Yeah. I mean, I try to add one a day kind of thing. That's my goal. Sometimes I'll add two, but you know, if we have a day where, you know, 
it's a fed day or something like that, I won't put any on. But I, I generally try to add one a day. And so like last Friday, I had like eight positions. I got went away, you know, the ETF strategy, which was great because I didn't have to do anything other than just make sure they didn't drop below my in the money calls. Right. So one a day. So, so yeah, you're, if some of them are expiring in a couple of weeks, you would maybe have 10 or 15 mm -hmm. positions on and then they kind of just rotating out. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like you said earlier, if I can exit it early, like say my net um, debit in the trade is $90.50. If I can get 90, 30, 90, 40, two weeks early, then I'll just take it and right. redeploy the capital. Yeah. Let me switch gears a little bit and just, you've talked a little bit about your process, but one of the things that I've been kind of trying to improve on is, is the amount of time bent uh, trading, if you will, like screen time. And I do, you know, you know, some of the stuff I do is a lot more shorter term. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in retirement, I guess is the right word, but, but I know you're busy. So how much time, and I think this is important for the listeners is you mentioned you're going to put, you're putting on one new trade a day. Mm -hmm. That's your schedule for the most part. Right. You know, that probably takes like five minutes to actually right. place mm -hmm. in a trade. Mm -hmm. But the amount of time you spend sort of prepping for that and, and, you know, what, what would you say that is? I mean, if you have your screeners yeah. and things, are you, you know, are you spending a couple hours a day and yeah. say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do this or what's, what's your, kind of process like and, yeah. and i'm assuming that you know being in retirement you don't want to be on there all day right so right how much time are you spending preparing for your trades yeah so um the one thing that I, the way i've been doing it um is usually you know friday the market closes i'm done with trading you know i take saturday off i try not to look at anything that's related to trading yeah um, so Sunday morning, I wake up, I'm already like, okay, now I need to get back to work. So the first thing I do is I have an existing watch list. So I run those through the screener to see, are those still good, uh, qualified trades for the watch list? And I'll probably eliminate about a quarter of them. And then I go through, do all my research to, I look at my upcoming dividends. I look at some, you know, uh, strong stock. Um, and I'll probably add that amount back in. And then I run them through the screener. So I, by the end, you know, after a couple hours, two hours, three hours max, I have an updated watch list. So I know these, the, these are the stocks or ETFs that I'm going to trade next week. You know, I mean, sometimes you'll run across something, uh, during the week, but 95% of them are going to be on that watch list. So I look at the watch list. I see who's doing good, you know, and what numbers work out. And th that's what I trade. So I don't spend a lot after Sunday morning, you know, when I'm done, I don't spend a ton of time looking for trades. It's all my, I use the watch list. Mm. And you just kind of go in like end of the day type of thing or at the open or do you have any any process there? Yeah, I added, you know, that Google Finance where it gives you the live price. Mm -hmm. So I know, you know, because on Sunday when I put down, what's the price? What was Friday's closing price? And I can see, okay, it's moved up or down since then. 
So I know it's moving in the right direction. I want to add on to it or it's pulled back. So I want to wait. So those are, you know, and then I can look at charts looking, you know, for the right kinds of technical setups. But um, so that's what I do. Like on a, like on a Monday, I will, I will probably have a list of, you know, five stocks or ETFs that I want, that I plan on trading on Monday. And then I look to see which is the best setup for Monday. Right. And then on and ultimately, you want that stock going higher, right? You want it to be in a bullish, you know, trend right. moving higher and but not to be overbought, you know. So that's right. the thing. You don't, if it skyrockets up, you probably just want to wait for some kind of better entry. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really cool. I know um, we, we talked and you were going to start sharing some of these like throughout the week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be looking forward to that. I definitely encourage the listeners to come over to the website, stockmarketoptionstrading.net. And if you want to follow some of Brian's trades, you can just click follow on his profile and you'll get an email when he posts and just some of the things you're looking at. So this is something I think will be a great add to the community. Um, just something different from from some of the other short-term stuff that we're doing and, and enjoy that process. So that's really cool. So thanks for coming on the show. Sure. And we will see you on the website. And I'm definitely going to have you back on again before the next three years. I'm going to, I should, I should have you come on more often. Now to, to my, I don't want to say credit, but when I first started the podcast, I was only doing maybe two episodes a month. And now I'm trying to do one a week. I'm, okay. I've been pretty good this year about doing one per week. So they'll, there's more opportunities to. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me on, Eric. It's been a pleasure. All right, Brian. I'll see you later. You take care. Bye.